1: He's Adam Weigel, and he's next.
0: And now, from the legendary Studio B, so you're in Seattle with Gregor.
1: Once upon a time, two idiot radio announcers heard that a minor league soccer team would host a contest to decide who would commentate a YouTube stream. Thanks to a relationship with the Seattle Sounders FC, I was one of two dummies chosen to help promote the cause, and we landed ourselves way in over our heads. (laughs) It was amazing. Starfire Field, very little idea of what we were up against. Save for a tiny bit of information, some advice from an announcer friend who suggested you just be yourself, man. That's what they're expecting, and we shouldn't feel like we should fill up all the time. Let the game breathe. The first thing we heard when we got there is, don't let there be any space where you're not talking. Very conflicting reports. We arrived at the stadium to meet a team of visual nerds that would be responsible for keeping all of our nonsense together. At the end of a sports broadcast, you may hear the commentators, like, thank their crew, But who are those people being thanked? I finally had my eyes open to the wonderfully thankless job that makes sports broadcasting what it is and have since worked with Adam on a number of occasions. He's a bow tie guy with uh, lots of nice fancy hats, a certain wit on the internet that compels me to engage, and I'm pretty sure, I actually can't confirm this yet, I think he's also a Sounders FC fan. Touch screens.
0: Hi, Adam. Is that we got touch screens? Is that a normal intro? (laughs)
1: That's that's what I would say. That's a button that I have. Yes, that's that's the normal go to. (laughs) Uh, Good morning, or whatever the hell it is right now. I don't even know. Uh yeah, me either. Okay. It's internet time, so it is. it doesn't matter. Uh, we were we were talking just moments ago about doing uh interview series and right. getting caught up in like just talking to weird people that do interesting things. You're like, I don't even know what I'm doing here or what this is for, or what the purpose <laughs> is and I'm like, I really don't know either. Right. So it kind of makes it super fun. Um like I just said I know you because simply because we worked all from the two games. All the Sounders F S. Sounders FC two games, S two right. as they call it, yeah. and it was super fun. Specifically that at one point it was like us two jackasses in one room and then all the people that knew what they were doing in the other room right. taking bets on how bad we would be, which I think is fantastic. Um,
0: no, we weren't it wasn't so much that we were taking bets on how bad you would be. It was it was uh we were trying to get you to be even worse. <laughs> Real professional broadcast <laughs> yes. going on here, everybody. Yes. <laughs> Like, giving you keywords to, to, to try to fit into the normal run of run of the conversation. Like, I think one of the words was dorsal fin. And I think, I can't remember if it was you or Manly got that in.
1: But. Yeah, we were, I love a challenge like that. I love being able to try and slide things in to see how that can work and stuff. It was fascinating to me, though, man. Like, I don't I don't mean to make this about myself, but I yeah. have to because it's from my perspective. But we showed up not knowing at all what we were doing right. or how any of it worked. I'd been to a newsroom before. I knew that to get the news on the air where you have four four talking heads doing stuff that it took a crew of 20, 25 people right. behind the scenes. But I'd never seen it with live sports, specifically kind of at a minor league level like yeah. this, what, what the investment is like.
0: It's it's uh, it's it's, it's time-consuming and it's fun. But the funny thing is, is you, you say that, and uh, when we started doing sports, we were in the same boat. Like we had done some small events where we had a couple of cameras and you know two or three crew, and a few years back somebody asked us, "Hey, can you do sports?" And we're like, "Sure." What was the break for the sports? <clears throat> um, it was actually Seattle Rain. Okay. Um, they were starting up first season. was play, great. great. Playing season. down at uh, Starfire. No, it was actually a sh- I mean, can I say that? It's fixed it. worry. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. You could do whatever you want. That's great. It was it oh, It was a horrible season. They they lost almost every single game that year. Wait, it was rain? I thought the first Rain F C season was at the Memorial. No, first the first season was done at Starfire. Okay. Season two, three, and four have been at Memorial. And seasons two and three were they won the supporters shield and season four is somewhere in the middle right now. Cool. But uh anyways, they asked us, I want to say maybe three weeks before the first game, uh, maybe four weeks, uh, said, hey, can you guys do this? And we said, we've never done sports before, but we're happy to figure it out. Um, and it Be was, patient. Exactly. And so uh, we scrambled for four weeks, got all the pieces to, in place, um, talked to a lot of friends, found some people who knew and who had done sports and brought them in, um, and had a fantastic uh, first season.
1: We should clarify, but we
0: it's a the team. bootstrapper studios, bootstrapper is is the name of the studios, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah. and uh, it's a group of how many of you?
0: Well, at that time uh, there it was my co-founder Brian and I, and then we had uh, two or three employees. I can't remember. I think it was two or three employees. Now um, we're actually just a, a full time two of us, and then we contract out all of the other pieces. So when you are at a are uh, watching a uh, S2 game, there are nine or ten people. Um, when you're watching a rain game, it's about the same. But if you're watching, like we talked earlier, uh, some of the conferences that we do, there's maybe only two or three. So it just varies depending on, on what we what's needed
1: okay so what we're what you're getting on the internet is two morons talking about hot dogs while there's a soccer match going and having on. them thrown at them that, that was that was incredible i that's really a, wish
0: we had a camera that that's a that.
1: highlight of my broadcasting career um, the situation was we were at the s2 match it was the third one we were doing right. it was our time was up s2, it was your last one wasn't it yeah they were yeah. and s2 was getting blown out it was a ugly game yeah um and it was but it was also fan appreciation nights that were just giving right. away hot dogs right. and we were out of stuff to talk about we'd already exhausted our limited knowledge that we had and so it was, and it was like 15 minutes guy. in uh, yeah and this, is, uh, this is the second <laughs> half like, how dare you <laughs> and you know we're out the window being like hey hot dog guy <laughs> <laughs> hey throw it up here and the guy finally like caught on to it and he threw hot dogs at us and so now we're eating hot dogs on, on mic, air, which is yeah. the grossest thing you can do but also incredible. <laughs> yeah. If you're going to ask two dummies like us to come in, this is what you get. But w- when we got there, like I didn't stop to think about what type of a t- what it would take to make this all happen. I had seen some multi cam right. stuff happen before. You set up a couple cameras, you have a guy on a switcher that goes camera 1, camera yep, 2, yep. camera 1, camera 2. It's not Wayne's world, but it's like something like that, all right? Kind what what are all the like for a soccer match like that? What are all the pieces that you have out right. there? Who's out there with you?
0: Yeah, so uh Starting with uh, camera ops, we've got uh, three uh, cameras that are being uh, operated by humans. Yeah. Um, there's two on the field and one up high in the booth. Um, I don't think that that one ever got hit by a hot dog. <laughs> um, and it's just in the booth, right? more or less right next to, to where the announcers are. And then we have another camera, uh, a fourth camera that isn't operated, but that's that's pointed at the announcers so you guys can turn around and talk to the to the audience um but then in the booth we've got um our technical director like you said calling the shots cameras one camera camera two we've got um myself uh running making sure the network is actually running that because we're streaming to youtube so we just have somebody who's almost Primarily dedicated to just watching and making sure the network is still moving. Um, we have somebody running graphics, bringing on lower thirds, bringing on all that stuff. We've the got lower sp- third
1: is when you bring up information at the bottom of the screen, right?
0: Like okay. the the player's name or the announcer's name or whatever it is, or or even the score bug yeah. that says you know one goal to whatever. Um, and then an instant replay operator who is probably one of the hardest working people during the entire thing because. Even when not much is going on and the technical director is not needing to switch between cameras, that person is reviewing all the all the plays that have happened since then and marking them and saving them and getting them ready for maybe a highlight reel later or for halftime or for what's called the melt at the end when it's all of the all of the big plays um, that you hand to the team. Um, and then we'll have like a, a PA, a production assistant, sometimes two, depending on uh, the size of the show, who's Running water if it's a hot day down to the camera ops, making sure their batteries are charged. Who's helping us run cable, wrap cable at the end of the end of the show, like the whole spectrum. So
1: and an audio guy also and an was... audio guy. Thank you. Yeah. I, nothing. I, nothing is worse than the audio guy standing next to us at halftime and him going, Phew, "People on the internet hate you." <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> you really know how to how to lift up a, lift up a guy who's unsure <laughs> of himself. <laughs> It's amazing. Um, yeah, you're wearing a Perry the Peanut shirt right yes. now. He's the, one of the mascots Perry. for the Tacoma Stars, an indoor soccer team here in Washington. Uh, are you a soccer guy by nature, or did you just find soccer
0: from doing the broadcast? Th- again, back to how we got into this, um, not only do we not know how to do a sports show, yeah. none of us had any real experience with sports in general. Like none of us were, the... were, were sports fans. None of us were. I mean, we we would casually watch here and there and stuff like that. Uh, I'm speaking uh, for quite a few people. There were a few that that did follow along here and there. We even had one Portland Timbers fan. Ah, but um, well. but uh, yeah, we didn't know it. But, but then since then, we've uh, we as a company have gotten more and more uh, involved with. Smaller, like you said, minor league, kind of smaller, smaller tier sports teams in and around Seattle, and um, I have gotten just sucked in. I mean, I've
1: seen you in the 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 ECS section before at a Sounders match, and so like I know you're out there, but I didn't know if
0: that was like a that's a new thing. Which came first? No, it's 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 actually actually um, it is the very first game I ever went to at CenturyLink. Where I was uh I was attending. Yeah. Um was there was a women's uh national team um tour and they played they played there. Cool. Um and then later that week, uh I got uh somebody gave me I I told somebody uh from Sounder at Heart that I had never been to a soccer game and they're like, Well, Let me see if I can get you guys some tickets. And later on, he messaged me back and said, okay, do you want to just kind of be there and see what's going on, or do you want, like, the full experience? And I was like, well, what do you mean the full experience? Like, do you want to sit with ECS? And I only had a vague understanding of what ECS was at that point. I was like, I'll sit with ECS. Sure. And I said sit, but obviously you'd never do. Um, So uh, I went for the – that was, like – Two or three days later, went to went for my very first time and, and, and hung out with ECS. And then a few days later I got another uh, other tickets and I was like I was just hooked. Yeah. I think in the course of ten days I went to three or four games because it was right at the end of the season. And they were just cause we had just gotten into the finals and we had the elimination round. We had anyways, it was just like boom, 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 boom. In like ten days I went to four different soccer games for the first time ever. That's amazing. <laughs> and then since then, um, I, I I mean I, I'm enjoying the game I'm enjoying the sport but really what I'm finding to be the most enjoy enjoyable, whatever that word is, um, it's, it's the people. And um, I started a project I'm, I'm, uh, with my friend Sarah called um, uh, Supporter Stories, and we have been going around. Well, we we've we're taking a little hiatus right now on on filming, but we've gone around and interviewed man, I don't even know a couple dozen people who are fans. Some of them are, they're all, almost all season ticket holders. Few, Quite a few of them are ECS, um, but all over the spectrum. And ask them, first off, tell us, how did you get into soccer in general? How, why the Sounders? What's your favorite thing about it? How many
1: of them say their Hungarian father got them into it?
0: Uh, so far, none.
1: Okay. If you ever need someone to drop that line, I know a guy.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, the old, uh hugo said his mexican father um so we could say immigrant then I- yeah okay um <laughs> share that common example exactly. those, okay great um and and these people have become uh very quick uh great friends of mine, which I've never, I've been in, I've been in Seattle now for 16 years and I've had different communities and different, uh, circles, tech circles and, you know, all that kind of thing. And this is the first time where it's felt like it doesn't matter who you are. You just kind of come in, you don't have to know the language. They'll teach you the language. They're more than happy to sit down and say, Oh, here's what it means. If you're, uh, you know, DP. I had no idea what that meant. Yeah, sure. Um, it's still super confusing because the is. league
1: is showing so much
0: control over all the players because they're trying to keep it from growing in uh, yeah. proportionally. Right. Yeah. And I and I don't know and like I I'm, I still don't have a, a, the technical knowledge that I'd like to have eventually, but I know more than enough people who are more than willing to sit patiently and explain it to me. And it's actually really fun and and and, and cool to get to know it on that technical level. While sitting there having a beer,
1: did you ever think that you would become a sports person no. uh-uh. based on making it this far in your life? No,
0: no, in fact, um in fact, v- quite a few friends of mine over the last year or so have called me out on Twitter and made fun of me um because they have been sports fans, and I used to make fun of them. I was the sports ball right <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what, right? Yeah, that's, yeah, what like, that's who I was. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I am no longer that and I, and I can see how I now see how that's like, oh my gosh, that was such a jerk move, but that's who I was. But I mean,
1: it's the same thing of someone calling you a nerd. you right. know what I mean? It's right. it's just the reverse yeah, of that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
0: But, uh, yeah, so I was, I was very much not against sports, but I was just, I just never, I never uh, understood it I never comprehended it well, even as a kid I was my I, my 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 parents weren't into sports my dad wasn't really into sports but I did t-ball I did you know basketball and stuff like that but it was never really like
1: that was a tire you out exercise more than a <laughs>
0: yeah yeah exactly Not I. it wasn't the every weekend every you know every evening every whatever practice it yeah. was just uh, something to do what's
1: your background like where do you where'd you come from
0: uh, I am originally from a small town uh, just south of Vancouver Washington yeah um Called Portland. Um, <laughs> actually, I grew up. I grew up just outside of Portland, um, okay. and I moved up here. Oddly enough, I'm. I the day I moved was September 11th, 2001. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> so you'll never forget that. Nope. Um, and uh, yeah, so I moved up here. Uh, so 15 years ago now, almost um, to go to school for a few years. Uh, and then i was going to move back home and then within a few months i met who the lady that became my wife and we've just made a family up here and now this is home
1: it's pretty i mean it's pretty convenient though yeah. you're not far away from yeah
0: exactly where you grew up yeah, or whatever just a few hours away
1: you have uh you have some kids i've met uh just at, in the them. booth before yes. <laughs> having found the sounders now having found sports now is this something that you'll that
0: has opened a door for them to do something different than you did maybe um well They are unfortunately not, um, let me see how to say this. They are, they are, they are blessed with the coordination of my wife and I, which is none. Yeah. Um, we can, we're, we're very, very not, not coordinated, but, um, they are getting into the teams. They're getting into the sport. They, they are enjoying learning about soccer and watching it. Sometimes, you know, a two hour game is a little, little long for them, um, to sit and watch, but, um. I mean, my, my youngest is four years old and, um, we got, we all got family, uh, rain jerseys and she's got this bright yellow Kim little Jersey and she's, you know, really short. So it's really cute. Little and sure. Anyway. And she'll just, she wears it all the time and she just, she just constantly says, when we're going to the next rain game, when we're going to the next rain game. She's never been, but she just is, she just loves that idea. And it's, it's fun watching my kids experience the sport and the community, um, in in a, in a way that I didn't have. Um we just moved from uh Linwood up north down to Tacoma. Yeah, I saw that I, I saw on yeah. your
1: uh, Twitter that you yeah, uh, had crazy. a stream of moving into this
0: beautiful oh, house. It's yeah, it's gorgeous. Um but some some of these new ECS friends of mine just showed up to help out. Oh, cool. Yeah, and that was it was just it was just a, a really cool thing. And so they're building these my kids are built seeing these friends just pitch in and be friends, and 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 that's just something that I value very highly for my kids to have.
1: It's interesting because um, you see ECS at a at a match, and you see some of the people that take it to forty. No, they don't even take it to eleven; they take right. it to way beyond just, what is even a right. Uh, like they they turn into some sort of bears or something like that, where they're so excited and maybe a little too intense, and that can be a turnoff, I think, yeah. at points. And so to have then away from the game to see how it really is about community and not just a few super intense people that are like screaming
0: their faces off yeah because you sit right next to it are you in Gorilla fc
1: no i have uh i actually am an ecs member
0: as of this year um otherwise i I, have no
1: uh thank you i just did my own foley that was good self-high five is the best (laughs) For, for for foley reasons that's great but I have, I try not to stay to be part of any of these yeah. groups because I find that they are competitive against one another. Yeah. But I wanted to be part of Hugo's group and, uh, Hugo's fantastic. Forza Verde. That's, yeah, that's what I'm, and so I joined like, just yeah. to do that because I wanted to be like, I, I wanted Hugo is, uh, he's a, the guy that we were talking about earlier. Yeah. He's a Mexican immigrant. He came yep. to, he's actually been on the cast. Go back and listen okay. to episode something or other where he's on there, Hugo, Hugo Garcia. But he's a wonderful character and yeah. he's a piece Announcer at Starfire yeah, yeah. Yeah, at Starfire Stadium for the S two matches, and so um, he was. He's so full of life and so passionate oh, yeah, about it is. that I was like, "Well, I'm going to join his group because that guy's awesome." Yeah. Um, normally, I wouldn't. I try to stay impartial to everything, or it's either that or join them all. And I usually don't have the hundred dollars at the beginning of the year. Right. And I can just <laughs> join all of the groups. And so, um, yeah. yeah, but we sit right there, and so I can watch the intensity build during a match of yeah. those people,
0: which is it's it's a lot of fun, it and can, it can be amusing. And what. Um some of the some of the friends that I've made are some of the capos. Yeah. Um so like Kyle Shields and Sarah Shields. Yeah. Um who if you don't know Kyle and Sarah uh I mean I honestly think you should they they drive all the way from Yakima. Oh, yeah. Uh Every dry side supporters, right? Dry side supporters, yeah, 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 exactly. I'll
1: have them in because um I uh I just recently with the last the Zecawani and friends. Right. Uh, oh, you met them. Yeah, I you met went, them for the yeah. first time because they came up oh, and got right. a table and stuff. And that was right.
0: that was cool. It was it was neat to meet them. Yeah. So shout outs to them. Yeah, but I so so the last couple of games that I've been able to go to and be an ECS, I've sat right like literally right in front of the capo stand, right in front of uh, Kyle or Sarah. Yeah, and it, their their energy and passion is like you said, forty. It's just infectious too. It's just I I I'm. I don't have that, just by nature, in me to be that en- en- enthusiastic about anything. But when you're, you know, two feet away from somebody like that, you can't help it.
1: I'm jealous of it actually because yeah. I'm, um, I'm constantly trying to figure out how all the pieces fit together and everything is my uh-huh. is my personality. And so I'm never just, unless I'm drunk, I'm never just the, just in the just moment like intensely. Uh, engaged person that's outwardly I'm right. always like trying to internalize everything yeah, and I so get that. and so to just hand yourself over to the moment like that and be just a just a real spark for a group is an interesting thing to it's
0: me. it's oh yeah it is it is it is fantastic because I've seen I mean I've seen these these dips in the energy level of the the group of the uh, the this section, this, the whole group, yeah, and then all of a sudden, whoever it is, Kyle or whoever, will just kind of pick it up and like, guys, come on, get up, get going, get going, and and the entire group just like rises to that. Next level. thing you know,
1: everyone's bouncing and stuff. Yeah. It's nuts, man. It's,
0: oh, it's 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 exciting. I mean, I grew up. I mean, sitting here in your you know your studio with all the you know music posters and stuff like that. That that's where I come from. Is punk shows is yeah really oh yeah I have a a huge music I mean that the whole reason I moved to Seattle was to get into audio engineering well that was the excuse um I wanted to be away from my parents but not too far away of course but uh I came up here to do audio engineering and I started doing that and you know crazy all sorts of things happened and it just didn't go the, the way I wanted it to which I'm kind of glad now but um I came. I come from a huge musical background, as far as uh, appreciation.
1: What were your punk bands like? What what, um, what are some bands that you liked when you were young?
0: I, it was, oh man, I really didn't get into a lot of the the punk scene until uh, more in high school and yeah. later in high school, and then it's really, it's really a, 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 a kind of a standard story, is what I'm from what I'm hearing. I grew up in the church, and so I grew up with. Bands like punk bands like MXPX. Sure, I grew up with 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 um, ska bands like Five Iron Frenzy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up with that kind of stuff. Well, slick Shoes is that another slick one? Slick Shoes yeah, was yeah. another one. Yeah, and, and all that stuff. But then what was what's really interesting that most people don't realize about um, Christian music? Other, most what pe- most people think about Christian music, and it's completely, utterly true, is Christian music <laughs> is about ten to twenty years back. In in general, it just like they found something in the '70s and '80s that was it really is was groundbreaking and fantastic, and then it didn't go anywhere from there. But then all of a sudden in the in the mid '90s, you had um, uh, Tooth and Nail. You had yeah. you know you had these record labels start to pop up where they highlighted these people who were just great musicians, and but in order to get into them, you actually had to create dig you had to find them you had to go out and search for those kinds of bands and what that is is a gateway drug that gets you into all of the other indie rock punk you know everything else yeah which was kind of the antithesis of what i think a lot not my parents my parents were really cool but a lot of my friends parents were like no you can't go outside of a christian world but um that got me into so many other bands and so much so much other music that i like I don't even go back to that stuff anymore. It's
1: it's You should though because it's fantastic it's, it to is. go back there and like is, there is some to feel yeah. that part of yourself yeah. from, when, from when you
0: were young. Yeah. Um, no no totally there is. I mean there there is some Lots of it doesn't hold but, up is the sad part. Oh, it I go back to listen and I'm like, it,
1: whoa, why did I like this so exactly, much?"
0: Exactly. Exactly. But um but but the 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 there's something about that complexity of finding your own music that is extremely exciting to me are you a find it
1: yourself or um and turn your friends on to it or are you a i have a friend who's really good at it and so i you can go that way or is it somewhere in between
0: there's so it goes back and forth for me um i have i have a few friends one of my friends um he helps start and runs a, a record um membership club called vinyl me please oh yeah plug um yeah please cameron you can comp my membership um (laughs) i'll be
1: sure to tweet at them (laughs) Um, i I get the emails every uh probably once or twice a week the
0: the the weekly or whatever yeah yeah yeah. um and so i'll turn to cameron and say hey what's name one album that if i was that's coming out next month that i have to have that isn't the the normal membership yeah. uh, thing, and so he's kind of he's kind of that, and I'll just blindly buy whatever he suggests when I ask that question, and almost every single time he's been through the roof correct. Um, then I have another friend who, uh, in so Cameron's more on the the front edge of it, um, and then I've got uh, another friend who has a, a pretty broad, deep back background yeah. that I go to a lot. Um, but most of the time I just uh for me I'll just start digging into a a style that I that I don't know and want to know more. Like for example, a year and a half ago, 2 years ago, I I knew Miles Davis mm-hmm. when it comes to jazz. And just in the last few just just since then I I just started buying as many jazz albums as I could think of to buy or as I can find to buy. And it's it's Beautiful stuff, and and, the, I, and it's deep,
1: man. There's like yeah. a there's a really big pool to to pull from. There's a
0: history. There's a history that, um, that rock and roll doesn't doesn't have because rock and roll really you know started in the fifties and sixties. This stuff goes way back to the turn of the century. So there's over a hundred years of. History and the si- same same kind of st- similar story with like uh, with like blues and with some of that stuff and I'm starting to get into some of those types of things. Um,
1: it's it's fascinating though because I think that music today there's so many avenues and there's so many ways for people to do it themselves. It makes it fantastic yes. because you can get a new sound without knowing that you're right. stumbling on it because yeah. some kid can just do it on his iPhone with his guitar and right. singing. So then you have like a, a new phenomenon to that effect. But there's not going to be the same. People carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders like no. you find in these other kind of like the roots of the music we have right. now. The blues and jazz, that's that's based around cultures that were held down and this is their voice. Yeah. And so we're I don't think we're gonna have that same story. The arcade fire isn't going to resonate with people in seventy-five years the way that Miles Davis or even before that, Muddy Banks and stuff like that. Right. Oh, excuse me, Muddy Waters. Muddy Banks is the is Nirvana the album no, <laughs> muddy, right, right. of the Wish. But uh you know, like a Money Waters or something like that is going to resonate forever because yeah. it's going to be a voice of a of people carrying a weight of a culture. Yeah.
0: And I don't know that we have that right now. No, we don't. And, and I, you're right. I don't think we will because the other thing, I mean, if you, you go, you move a few, you know, past that up into the fifties and sixties when we started to really get rock and roll and it's a very similar kind of thing where you had, uh, a generation, uh, Saying no, I don't want to listen to Frank Sinatra anymore. Yeah, I want to listen to something that's more me, which is comes from all of that stuff that jazz, that blues, yeah, yeah. that and and you. That's where you get Rolling Stones. That's where you get Beatles. That's where you get even Elvis, obviously a few years prior. And we don't have that kind of. I mean, music has got to the point where there are no closed doors anymore. Yeah, it's pretty much just an, er, er, everything's open door, and and I, I think it's beautiful. It's it's almost utopian. In in a weird way, um, because there's not really a lot of a lot of um, taboo things to overcome anymore.
1: I just I just hope we find some sort of thread that can help keep it relevant, rather than it all just fading away. I mean, it's, again, I, I should live in the moment more yeah, and just enjoy what happens. I, but. I don't
0: I don't think there's much to worry about there because I think that you get you get bands right now like. Um, like War on Drugs. Yeah, right been, yeah. And you listen to that, and that connects you. If you just you just listen to it, and that connects you to some Tom Petty. Yeah. And then you listen to Tom Petty, and that connects you back, and that connects you back. So I don't think we're going to lose that thread, because you're always going to have these bands who are influenced by sure. somebody that came before, 10, okay. 20 years before. And then, for me, that's how I get into it. Like, I I, I, I I was into Tom Petty before, um, not not crazy uh, into him, but I, I enjoyed his music. And so I, I could relate to War on Drugs. My kids will know War on Drugs, but they might not know Tom Petty yet. As they get older, they'll start, hopefully, I'll, I'm trying to teach them, they'll start <laughs> digging backwards and saying, well, they were influenced by Tom Petty. Who was Tom Petty influenced by? And then and, and just on and on backwards. Wow. And so I don't think that, I don't think that we're in, in danger of losing that thread. That thread will continue because at least in, at least for me and i want to say for for a lot of people who are really into music it's generational the reason i'm into records like physical vinyl is because my dad was we he had a he had a record collection growing up and because he was super into music um and i remember sitting around and, and he would just put on record after record after record and we would we would sing as a family as you know as as i learned the records um, we would go on long drives and he'd put in mixtapes and there are, there are, there are songs that um, whenever i hear i just remember oh that was the time that we drove to wyoming oh. or that was you know there there those those are things that um, <laughs> there's not a thread to be lost because music has this way of creating subconscious seeds in your head that just stick yeah and and my kids they have a handful of albums that they absolutely love um, somehow and I don't know how we raise them without too much kid music like they turn to Fantagram they turn to <laughs> they turn to Lapsley they turn to um, Adele they turn to you know they they, they that's who they want to listen to now Um and o- only in to- Seattle, man. Like that's oh, yeah. In the
1: Pacific Northwest, that's like the only place I see this happening.
0: Right. That's crazy. It, that, that's not true. But. And my kids range from 11 to 4 years old. In fact, um, my 4-year-old... So for Christmas, um, I bought the girls... Uh, I have four girls. Um, oh. 11, uh, 9, 7, and 4. Um, but I bought them um, 1989, right? Taylor Swift. And... They bought me, and I didn't know they were doing this. Ryan Adams, nineteen eighty nine, and that's incredible. It was so it was so great. Um, and what I so what I did is um, I made a uh, a playlist in iTunes where it was track one, track one, track two, track two, back to back. Yeah, and then we listened to that driving down to visit my parents, and we compared and contrasted which one. Which do you like the? Do you like? Uh, Taylor Swift's version better? Do you like Ryan Adams' version? What do you like about these different versions? And it was actually kind of a fun exercise.
1: God, way to teach them how to be analytical yeah, about things too. It was a
0: lot of fun. But now now I'll put on Ryan Adams and my four-year-old Mabel. She'll go, No, I don't want this one. I want the girl one. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> she knows, but she'll she'll start singing along. She'll start she'll instantly start singing along. But then she'll say, But I want the I want the girl one. God, it's so fascinating. I haven't really taken much time to Think about
1: this, but like as you say, your your parents, your folks are putting on music, and mm-hmm. you're you're coming up with that. My dad constantly had the classical station on. Okay, he was a he was an Elvis and '50s rock guy because nice. he's that age, right? But then I grew up with classical music everywhere. Okay. So then when I'm listening to like thundering metal, uh, that ISIS the band, um, right? They uh, they're like it's symphonic. It starts and ends somewhere, or yeah. Cult or Neurosis, or stuff like that. When people are like, "Wow, I didn't." T- pay you as a metal guy I'm like well I grew up listening to like really gloomy symphonic music and so it's a
0: natural progression yeah and so to find that it felt comfortable yeah. once someone like hey you should check this out or whatever did, uh, did you have to have somebody explain the connection to you or did you just oh there's a class these guys were classical did, did that make sense that so
1: there's this thing that artists do where they go this is the chorus this yeah. is the chorus right this is the chorus. This is the, and the song is called This is the Chorus, okay? And there's this thing, it's just like this really hacky convention where uh-huh. you like you don't have anything to say, so you just keep repeating this. Like uh, Trent Reznor is the king of okay. it. He makes weird, cool music, but he's the king of just repeating the same they thing over and, over and over. And, over again. and it makes it super uninteresting right. at the peak of the song. And I'm like, God, you're missing an opportunity there. And I realized that it's because I'm used to hearing a voice go from start to end, not. Play in this modular system like right, that. Okay. And so it comes to a crescendo where all of the voices are up. Da da! Uh huh, uh huh. Yeah. And then maybe someone else picks up and it trails around like a little moth flying around or right. something like that, like that, that type of sound. And I started to realize that all of the bands I liked were doing that same thing, okay. where they're like, it's like, uh, and and techno. I call it techno because I'm so goddamn old. But uh, but electronic yeah. music is the same way, where it starts out with a, and then before you know it, it's you've got 17 instruments right. going, yes. making something crazy yeah. happen, and everyone's at the peak, yeah, yeah. and then it comes down, and. Though I never really gravitated towards electronic music cuz I prefer played instruments. Okay. I realized that it was this idea of classical music, this this um this start somewhere and end somewhere right. ideology that got me there. Yeah. And so I work in a pop music is en- that what it environment is? <laughs> and all of it is no one writes songs like that. Paranoid Android from Radiohead was the only song that oh. ever made it on the radio that I can
0: think of off the top of my head where it started somewhere and it just ended. There, there where there wasn't it was a long song and there it, there it was a long meandering there's no chorus yeah. it just kind of goes yeah. and it's a, it's storytelling right it, 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 and that and to me um even that that goes back to some old um, almost folk ballads even right you hear these folk ballads where they maybe they'll have a like a refrain in the middle that's sure. really short chorus like but for the most part it's just these long stories about how and he found his way home yeah. and he found his way just, home and
1: then you go on yeah. and it keeps back the, and it comes back to that over and he found his way yeah. home after like more of the story or whatever right. yeah that's maybe at the most what it would come back to it's a it's a fascinating way that we consume these things and mm-hmm. it really comes down to like think backgrounds and stuff right. and so there's plenty of other artists that make wonderful songs that use that kind of modular system that I was talking yeah. about that still may... Like, I love the band Queens of the Stone Age and they okay. certainly write First verse, Chorus First, verse, yeah. Bridge and stuff like that, but they also kick ass. Yeah. There's like something, there's like some undefinable um, quality about it where I'm like, yeah, I want uh-huh. that. Uh-huh. Like, it's like... So it still exists. I'm not uh, not to be like I only like music that's classically structured or that's written with counterpoint or something like that. like that's not but I chased it for a long time in yeah. school. I went to school and like I was like bored with what I was doing, so I started taking music classes to like understand how this music was written. And it is so easy to take a music class and follow the rules for me. I can like, okay, if you go up by right. a fifth, you can't go you can't match yeah. it by going down by a fourth. Th- that's just a right. rule. Um, but what I found is I could follow those rules and make really boring music.
0: Right. Very, very boxy. Yeah. Suburban. Yeah. And it became, I was like, yeah.
1: oh man, that sucks. It's so all these like wonderful minds are the ones that know those rules and know how to warp them and stuff. And it became a, it made me really appreciate some of the bigger things that people do with simple music or complex. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's actually really interesting because I've heard just in the last few weeks, um, since uh, Weezer's White album came out, yeah. I've heard quite a few interviews with Rivers where i, I, I never knew this about him, but he—he he actually has this huge like database of. Of like one-liners, of words, of uh, with that that are uh, arranged by the the meter of the of the cool. sentence or whatever, and it's just this huge Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> and so when he goes to write a song, yeah. he'll he'll like, okay, I need something that has this pattern, and he'll be able to find it, and then he'll basically piece his songs together that way. Weird, that's so mechanical. And it's, it's exactly, it's very, and, and it's it's weird because I look back at his songs. I mean, I I I'm one of the normal, I guess you could say, Weezer fans that kind of stopped somewhere after Pinkerton yeah. and haven't really picked up since then. And, you know, I know a few here and there. Um, but you go back and you listen, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's so formulaic. But... There's an art to that. Exactly. The way he does it, it just, it's just it's just amazing. And now I'm actually learning to appreciate some of the the middle years a little yeah, bit the, more. The middle ages of exactly, Weezer. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs>
1: this should all be stricken from the record. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... What is it that you actually do? Is this is Bootstrapper Studios your full time gig?
0: Yeah, yeah, it is my full time gig. Um, and like I said, we're a company of two—myself um, and Alicia Kleiner, who is a wonderful uh, business partner, wonderful human. Just I love working with her. Um, and we do, um, man. We're so, since we're so small, we. It's one of those. I, what day is it? What time of day is it? I'm wearing so many hats. Yeah. Um, so right now we're working on a project where I'm primarily editing. Just somebody else is doing the shooting. I've taken the footage and editing. But I'm also kind of directing the project and making sure the shots are right and stuff like that. Well, I mean, is it all sports? No, no. This is actually a Kickstarter campaign. Um, oh, cool. So it's a, it's a campaign for, um, I'm not sure how much... Well, it doesn't matter. No, yeah, but it's, but uh, anyways, we've we've done we've done a, a whole bunch of Kickstarter videos. Um, we do small, smaller promo type things like that. Um, and I do the editing. and I do some of the shooting. I do some a little bit of everything uh, on those kinds of shoots. Um, and then uh, we do, like I said, we do events, smaller events. Like um, we do all of GeekWire's uh, events. <sighs> like they have the GeekWire Awards. They have um, what's the other one that we usually do. I can oh GeekWire Summit, which is like a two or three day uh, event where they just have some great um, uh, speakers get up and, and talk about what it's like starting a tech working in the tech industry. Yeah, and I mean a couple of years back they had the CEO of uh, T-Mobile. John Legger or whatever his name is, um, and he was just fascinating to listen to. But we do basically the same thing that we do for uh, sports, where we have multiple cameras, and and usually on those shows, I'm actually doing the technical directing, where I'm calling camera one, camera two, type of a stuff. Um, and then those, uh, I don't have to edit them because we record them live edited. Um, uh, man, what else do I do when you when you're technical yeah.
1: directing and you're calling shots like? That's the type of thing where you're watching, and that's, that's easy. That's an easy thing to do. It's, it's with many it's, things that are yeah. made to look simple because yeah. you have a understanding of it. What what are some of the toughest parts about
0: technical directing? Um, the toughest part about technical directing was um, it's actually more of a sociological uh, element of learning how uh, how people speak, how people, the rhythms of... of um, like, like we were talking about with music, there's a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, right? When you are giving a talk at a conference, there's your you, your your intonation changes as you are talking about things, and you're about to change the slide and or whatever it is, and so it's learning those small uh, visual uh, verbal. Um, uh, Almost, cues, Yeah, and ticks
1: and stuff, also. Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. Like you like because not all conferences, the person who's talking is controlling the slides. They might have they'll have somebody else controlling it. So it's learning those kinds of cues. Um that was that's probably been one of the more difficult. It's just it's not difficult. It's 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 tedious. It's slow. It's not something that you get right away. And it's just something you get by practice. Um, but the most complicated thing I would say outside of the actual during the event, it's the, um, it's, it's, it's the setup. It's the, it's the troubleshooting. It's, it's, if, if this camera isn't working, what is it? Is it the cable? is it the power supply is it the x y and z you just have to go down the line and that's that's a tough that's the toughest thing to train is troubleshooting
1: and staying cool man
0: yeah that's also that's also that's also tough i watch <laughs> stuff
1: uh i'm fascinated by i've done multicam editing before uh-huh. where you have four cams and you can choose from that and okay. uh, i find myself i always want to switch a lot yeah and i watch television now sports or whatever and i'm like Quit switching. Like yeah. I'm watching this thing, and there's a moment, and let it breathe. I, yeah. I, I am famously crucified for interrupting people because I want to get a I want to get a one liner in, and, right? Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, and it's always like I get comments like, Just "Dude, would you shut up and let the person talk?" And I go back and listen. I'm like, "Oh, they're right. Just let that thing, right. yeah. even if it's awkward, let it hang for a second and let that happen." Totally. And um, for me, the, having the poise to be able to know not to switch yet while you're watching a right. thing would be the biggest challenge it because is. I'd want to be like, oh, go, go,
0: go, go." Yeah. And there are times, there are times when, um, I mean, like I said, the, 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 the types of events that we do have huge range. It's everything from completely, uh, what's a nice way to say mind numbing, um,
1: <laughs> boring. Got it.
0: Yeah. Um, stuff where it's, uh, very, very technical and very specific to like, like to lawyers. Right. Um, And they make fun of themselves for being mind-numbing and boring. Um, But all the way to some very emotional content where um, we did a conference where um, a gal got up, a lady got up, uh, she was a, I can't remember what she was, but anyways. And there was a point where she broke down and started crying. And I mean, stuff like that has happened before, but it was one of those things where I had switched to uh, a different shot, to like a wide shot, and you didn't have that intimacy, but I had just switched. And my, my knee-jerk reaction was to switch right back to it, but then there's this weird visual, like, kind of two-frame kind of a thing where it just doesn't look right. So I had to wait a second and then go back go back to the other other shot. And that kind of stuff, I mean, that, it's not this huge dramatic story, but, I mean, that's the kind of stuff where you you just have to, you just have to roll with it, like you said, let it breathe. It's okay if you make a mistake. Just go with whatever is there. There's a
1: piece of you were saying the sociology, the yeah. psychology behind these things. There's when I watch, if I see something that doesn't make sense in space, if I see something that's a too quick of a switch, it breaks the it breaks the connection yes. you have with that exactly. moment. Exactly. And so if it's not done tactfully yeah. at the right time, then you're like, Oh wait, I'm watching
0: a television show. Even though even though I was on the wrong camera. Yeah switching back to the right camera would have been wrong yeah in (sighs) that in that time frame um and there's 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 a lot of that kind of stuff the the other the other thing that's hard i think that i've watched people struggle with that uh are more um are more in the not in the home viewer mode but kind of watching as we're doing things is it's okay if there's a mistake yeah don't don't worry about it i mean i i've you go back and you watch the opening. I don't know if 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 it's gonna be the same. You go back and you watch the opening of last year's Super Bowl. For the first three minutes or so, the audio was horrible. <laughs> I mean, it was just it was like it was like an it was like amateur hour. You go and you watch. Um, One of my favorite examples was I was watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And what a cluster F to try and make all that come together. You have miles. Yeah. (laughs) Who knows how that all works? Well, the director cut to a guy carrying his camera down on the side of by the side. I mean, like he wasn't carrying it like shooting something. He was just walking down the street carrying it. And you could see it just shaking back and forth. And he was on that for what felt like a pretty long time before he realized he was on the wrong camera. (laughs) You know, and that kind of stuff just happens with live shows. And, and being okay with those mistakes yeah. um, and just going with it and saying, you know what, it might not have been the best show or, from start to finish, but your average person at home is not going to notice. And just being okay, just saying, you know what, mistakes happen. That's just the way, that's that's the nature of live.
1: What's your favorite type of event to to cover?
0: Like That is tough. I I, I a few years ago, I would have said some of the more... Uh, geeky tech events but now it's now it's uh soccer i mean they're the most stressful but once you once you get the show going they're the most fun uh because when you were you're fortunate enough to not have to hear all of the backlog chatter that's happening in the you only hear when you only hear when the technical director interrupts you and says do the read the read but what's going on behind is we're you know calling the shots we're we're getting ready for graphics but we're also having conversations about what your favorite 80s cartoon is
1: going <laughs> on yeah that's crazy it's
0: just you, it's just it's just you get so into this mode where you you're paying attention to everything but it's like driving and you know what you know what speed you're going you know where all the cars are but you can still have conversations with your friends about whatever it is,
1: and everyone's got serious voice when it gets like serious, like okay, wait, hold on, and then like yep. everyone and can then, drop
0: out yep. of it. Yep, and then if 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 something happens uh, where that that like a foul or whatever, and it's a you know a serious thing, like a like a two foot kick. Um, yeah, what's yeah. his name, Sergio, Sergio Mota, Mota, that did the nut shot donkey <laughs> punch thing. Yeah, was, um, like... If something like that happens, then then all of that chatter stops and you hear the technical director say okay i need to see that on replay camera 2 get ready for this and do this and do this and do this and we go through and then we talk about it and then we go back to all right so optimus prime yeah, exactly. is better than
1: Rodimus prime for sure
0: yeah and it's just yeah that's just that's just the way the way it goes were you at that were you at that game sorry jumping back i can't remember if that was no it was it was nathan it was nathan murphy okay that's right i mean i remember i've watched Watching the it.
1: animated 300 times though, oh. because it is brutal. Yeah, that
0: was the first time that anything I shot uh ended up on national television. <laughs>
1: Would you really? Did it make it onto like Oh, a, it was is, on
0: It was on Pardon the interruption. It was Keith Keith Oberman voted him the worst person in sports that week. Wow. Yeah, it's on if you if you look at no, I don't know if it's. Does still it have out, but... Nathan's call on it? Does it have? Uh... Yes, he he actually mocks Nathan's call. Oh no! <laughs> but only only. I mean, Nathan, ha, you know, has a very good uh, uh, attitude about it because nobody saw it because it was behind play. Like we were all, everybody was following the following the play, yeah. Right, and so he he kind of makes makes and he's like, oh, and then the announcers figure out what's going on. <laughs> kind of. A, kind that's of a okay. Thing. Yeah, that's yeah.
1: fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I know from first-hand experience what it's like to have stupid Targath on the internet being like, these guys are terrible. <laughs> yeah. okay? like I understand what that's like from just years of doing what I do, and it's a common right. theme in our world that uh, uh, on the radio where like, you, you put stuff out there and people yeah. are dicks back. That's just how it goes, and that's yeah. fine. Do you ever wish that you would get more credit for what you were doing, or would you prefer to be behind the scenes just enjoying it? That's actually a really good question, because um, it's thankless. You guys are is. in there toiling away, and it's a uh, a lot of things have to go right. And if anything goes wrong, you have to sweat it hear. out. If I call the guy the wrong name and I'm an idiot, then that's like a, okay, well, I'm an idiot or whatever. But like they right. can still
0: just mute me and watch the thing. Right. Um, I I honestly would I would prefer more interaction in general. I. There's been a couple of times where, specifically last year's Open Cup game, the first team's Open Cup. Is that uh, when Dempsey tore up
1: the ref's notebook? Yeah. The best ever. Against Portland, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, We got a lot of negative um, uh, tweets. We even got some emails from uh, Portland fans, to be honest. Uh, Which is really surprising, because it's the first time that we've ever had that. Why? Why? What were the emails and they comments? were they were about the shoddy quality you know and and these were people who the difference between us and what uh uh what's it called Providence Park does it's night and day right we're us being Bootstrapper studios and Providence Park being almost the same as Centurylink when it comes to their cameras yeah when it comes i mean to they're, their, they're a,
1: bringing out the local fox affiliate exactly, to do that
0: exactly yeah, and so it's 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 a totally different uh level of quality yeah, what do you want? expectations um and i there was a, there was a huge amount of expect, expecting that from starfire right which even if i mean you can you can get that at starfire but that's i've seen some shoot, shoots there that are um some games there that were broadcast by fox and and they were good but it's still starfire it's not this huge tape anyway to, back to your question um some of those were very valid uh, what I would like to hear more is uh, this this season we've heard a lot more um, support from from uh, friends and fans. We hear we hear that and I, I, it really feels good. Um, what I wanna hear though is where where are we making mistakes that we can easily change and fix things? Um,
1: careful this is a slippery slope. Like
0: tell us what we're doing wrong. But to be on actually the I very, hate your faces. The first year, the first year we did soccer. We um we wanted to try something it was like the first time ever that we had done this, we didn't know what we were doing and so we were just experimenting. So we actually brought in a friend of ours who um uh does like social media analytics and stuff like that. Um is very good uh very good like brand manager on social media kind of a person. Um and we said, okay, monitor uh, Twitter, monitor YouTube comments. And if there's anything, I'll go ahead and monitor Facebook. But I don't think there was much on Facebook at the time. Um, and let us know what's, what people are talking about. And so we started into the game. And, and a few minutes in, he said, okay, what, what, what do you want me to ask? What do you want me to, how do you want me to engage? And um, my uh, co-founder, Brian, at the time said, ask him, ask him how we suck. Ask them where, where we're not doing. And he's like, it's almost like he covered the mic. Do you really want me to do that? (laughs) Like, really? You want me to ask them how? And and, uh, so he said, okay, yeah. Where do we suck? And we got like, oh, this is bad. And this is bad. And this is bad. And they were all really easy fixes. Like there was something going on with audio that we did that we weren't aware of that we were able to fix. There was something going on with I can't even remember what they were, but really easy fixes. And then what that did, we we went through and fixed those within the first few seconds. And he went back and said, "Hey, how does audio sound?" And everyone's like, "Well, wait, you guys, you guys are listening. You guys can. Ch- it sounds great now. I mean, but the fact that you guys were listening is huge. And that changed, that changed for us a huge amount because what we started getting is we started earning earning respect from the fans." which obviously is uh, good back to our client. Um, and we've heard over and over and over again that we are the, the best, from, from fans, we're the, we're the best stream outside of the teams that are owned by Big clubs, yeah, sure. Right, so like Portland, uh, I'm speaking of uh, women's here. Portland, Orlando, and Houston are all owned by and play at the bigger the, the bigger stadiums. Um, and the same for uh, USL. And so that negative feedback is is actually to me almost more beneficial, sure, than the positive. I en- I enjoy the encouragement, I really do. Obviously, that it feels really good to get that. But I I want I want to hear that negative feedback because. I don't know what it looks like at home. I can watch in the in the space, but there's so much other stuff going on that I'm not solely engaged in that. Well, your on air talent is getting it's much easier for them to get yeah.
1: feedback on like how, how great or dumb they are or whatever right. that is. Right. But from a technical point of view, most people probably don't even think to take time. Unless it's real bad. Unless it's like, what the hell is going on with the audio on this thing? Right. This sucks. Right. If you don't ask for your feedback, you're not going to get it from anyone right. except for exactly. when it's too late. When
0: they're like, well, we like those other people because they do audio better. Like, yeah.
1: You never told us there was an audio problem.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so and so engaging in that way and getting those kind of that kind of feedback is very critical.
1: Are you happy with the level that you work at now, or do you have aspirations of moving to a, a bigger, more spotlighty uh, a series of events, or me as an individual or as a company? Um, I could, yeah, I'd like to know both. Actually, um,
0: I yes, uh, I would. I'm happy where we are now. Um, we are we are hitting a, a really good stride. We've got a really good uh, crew. Um, there are always things that i would like to do more of um th- i would love to be able to do more to do more of this level right now um i think and this is I, one of the things that we are we run into is not a lot of teams out there uh, up until the last year or so know that there's something between asking your nephew with a camera and renting a Fox truck. Yeah. Right? It's and an awareness issue. Yeah, and that's where we are right now is we are able to say, look, you don't you can do something better than just one person with a camera and you don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars to get, you know, this broadcast truck to come out.
1: Yeah, I mean the perfect example was the Zakawani and Friends yeah. charity soccer match presented by Adidas to benefit the Kingdom Home. <laughs> I think I got that right. You got that memorized? <laughs> yeah, really. But it was uh, we were tickled when the Sounders reached out to us. Yeah. Uh, Shout-outs to Ryan over there, uh, who were like, "Hey, you two dummies want to dust off your uh, your microphones and come out and broadcast a, 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 this charity match?" Right. Like, oh hell yeah. And yeah! That they were willing. It was worth it to them to pick up the tab on having a uh, stripped down
0: bootstrapper come out. Well, I, that was actually a volunteer uh, for me. Oh really? Yeah. Okay. That was me taking my Sunday and and just I was like. Yeah, well, I, I... Sounders pay up already. Come on. <laughs> I actually, I actually asked. I, you know, they 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 reached out to me, and I said, if you want to do, you know, I gave I gave them basically like, if you want to do the full, you know, the full package, I'm going to have to pay my crew. Yeah. Um, all the way down to if you want, and I, I I said if you want me to come out and do it, then here's the here's the price, and they came back and said there's actually not budget for it. And I, and I talked with my business partner and I talked with my family and said, hey, this is a good. Cause what? What if I just went out and did it for fun? And we all were like, "Yeah, that sounds like fun a too. great idea." Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I was just like, "Yeah, I'll do it." And just you know, we no no expectations. Let's keep it nice and simple, and it'll just be me and an audio board. And and we were, I had planned on having. Um, uh, I call her my cousin because really f- interesting way she sort of is, <laughs> but um, my friend Beth. Um, do uh, like score and stuff like that, but because of some of the weird technical issues that I had at the beginning, I had to pull that out of the mix. A little bread, shout outs to bread. Bread, um, she's not really my cousin, but her, she is related to Mickey Mantle. Well, they're c- cousin enough. And and there's a, in fact, her her last name is Mantle. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and in a really strange way, I'm related to Mickey Mantle in a very like my my grand my great grandfather's sisters husband's sister was Mickey Mantle's aunt or something like that. I mean, it's like this really weird snake. And and I was talking with, I was talking with my aunt about it and she's like, so basically if you're from the South, that means you guys are cousins. (laughs) So, so I always call her my cousin anyway. Anyway, so we were going to have all of that, but stuff happened. But at the same time, I, I just wanted to get get the get the broadcast out, get the show out there, and it was so oh my gosh, it was so much fun.
1: You got Landon Donovan running around and Eddie Johnson and all these like oh big my.
0: name players, De Rosario and, and, like, and
1: the tackle the oh yeah, Marcus oh Hanneman, Hanneman, uh, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, picking Michael Teta up and just body slamming, <laughs> literally, him. literally, someone's out there getting photos of it. It was an incredible it time, it was, but also super fun because there is what you said, there is a somewhere between your you know your kids uh your kid who has a skateboarding camera right. to like take his <laughs> skating videos yeah. coming out and trying to film something right and the
0: major production yeah. you guys are like a good fit yeah. in between so yeah so i mean i would like i'd like to get to that point um we have some there's some there's there's some opportunities uh in front of us that we could possibly do that um the really weird thing is though is where we are in a from a technical point of view is we're almost at the upper limit of what those what can be afforded um because basically the jump from where we are technically the cameras the switcher and stuff like that goes from um like the switcher we have is 2500 bucks if you want to go up from there, you're talking ten thousand right. dollars. So it's a huge jump, and the cameras we have are three thousand. You want to go up from there, you're talking just for the camera, not the lens, twenty. You're talking, you want the lens, another twenty thousand bucks.
1: So when you're complaining about it, Timbers fans, you jerks, just uh, know that that's what you're talking. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars right. to get to the point to get to that, 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 you, next level. that you expect unjustly.
0: Right, and so so for us, it's uh, well, we can. We, we've obviously proven that we can do these really good shows with this, um, it's, it's professional gear, but that's not, you know, standard broadcast, full on broadcast gear. It's getting there. It's actually coming up into parody. But, um, for us, we, we're, we're happy where we are.
1: Next time you're at a Mariners game, take a look at the cameras that they have out there.
0: See, and that's, that's the other interesting thing is learning, learning i mean like you said learning how all these shows work i've had the opportunity to get to know people like uh, most of the crew uh, that we have actually work for some of the top you know some of the like some of those uh, those teams um they work for they work for the storm they work for the mariners they work for the sounders first team or the companies that hire them they work down at show where where you know yeah. where perry plays um and so they do they do this is what they do. they're freelancers, but they do it on a, a all the on the higher level. Um, the guy who we have doing replay uh, for most of our games, he is and this is this is what this is what gets crazy to me um, when you speak about budget. so most people know this, but it's still fascinating to me. You watch a Mariners game, and there's the Mariners broadcast, but there's also the away teams broadcast, right. And there, it's not necessarily the same cameras. It's not the same technical director. It's, not, it's a whole second crew.
1: Yeah, because you look in the outfield. Again, like I was saying, you look in the outfield and there's three cameras all next yeah. to each other. And so two of them might be for the Mariners to do different jobs or whatever. Or right. a third one might be from a national act right. that's out there. Or from the Spanish station or yeah. whatever. And so you have... All these different cameras, all set next to each other. But yeah, one guy sees something that's interesting and calls that shot, yeah. and it's
0: a different broadcast. And 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 our our um our replay op is the guy who does replay for usually for the away teams.
1: Interesting. So they don't have to bring their own whole crew. No, they just hire they a just, local they guy. Just,
0: they just crew locally,
1: and he probably has a reputation as being mm-hmm. a guy that can do that. So yep. you,
0: yeah. Well, uh, the way it works is they contact they contact this one entity. Yeah, and this this. Entity has all of these people on his crew list, on their crew list, and then they just bid him out because they'll know, know. It's, it's, anyways, it's just a whole, whole different fascinating world. He does, he, like, his name is Bart. He does this full time. That's all he does is instant replay for sports around Seattle. And there's only a few people who, who are at that level. That's what we've also learned is there's not, there's not this, like, there's not 20 or 30 people who do instant replay. There's 10. There's 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 six, it's it's so it's interesting to so learn how to do that, huh? Exactly, <laughs> that's awesome,
1: man. Hey, thanks for coming in. You're welcome.
0: You've been listening to So You're in Seattle with Gregor. Follow him on Twitter at Gregor one zero seven seven, and find more episodes online at one zero seven seven theendcom So You're in Seattle is a burrito butt production.
1: Yeah, you're a good dog, Joe.